And you are watching another Blewitz Blitz film review. He has that ability to, trust me, he definitely does. Just his ability to catch balls outside of his frame, his leaping ability, his ability to hang in the air, his yak ability, it's, it's, it's all there. Lowers his helmet, low man wins. Bang, rocks the guy. Hall running free. Brees Hall inside the 10. He's going to score. The, the corners all do their job. You know, if you look at the if you look at the picture right here, lock, lock, lock. Third and one. He has always drilled. What a great defensive play. I don't try to Monday morning quarterback any of the reviews I do, and I'll try to be honest with a lot of those things I, I put up. And you are watching slash listening to another edition of Blue It Splits. By the way, I don't really promote it too often, but sometimes I remember to. Um, if you are a YouTuber or you're a YouTube guy and uh, so you prefer to watch it, great. If you can't, two-hour podcast, um, two-hour podcast, then obviously download it. You know, drive, drive in the car to work, kids to school, whatever you got to do. But it is available in the podcast app, Blue It Blitz. Uh, blue it splits um so if you can leave a review there five stars that'd be great um sorry i was a little bit late again i uh i created a stream for my phone and then i realized that i created a stream but through the wrong profile so i couldn't use certain things i couldn't upload the show to the podcast audio afterwards because i was on the wrong stream yard bunch of shit i fucked up now we're here uh everything should be good to go um with with me so um i skipped last week Apologies, but not really. Just busy. Um, obviously, with the new kid and stuff, just just crazy schedule. And there wasn't a ton to talk about, even though there's kind of always something to talk about when you have you guys in here and you guys help me out, kind of give me topics and give me talking points. Then we kind of just I talk or I talk at you guys, but I always appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so didn't 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 see the, really the need to do it last week. Didn't want to push it. Even this week, there's really not a ton to talk about. I have a few bullet points I'll get to. Um, if there's nothing in the in the chat, and then I'll obviously just talk to the chat. Again, I apologize for making a new stream. I saw Dakota in here. Um, he was in the stream before, left a bunch of messages or whatever, and unfortunately I deleted it, so I couldn't read them all. Curly Norman was in the other one as well. He's here. What's up, Curly? What's up, Matt? Um, good Lord, no Dakota. And he says, can be in two places at one time. Again, I apologize for making two streams and then NY jet super fan. Uh, what's up, Joe B. So I guess the biggest news, and again, we'll see how long this even goes and we'll see, uh, have, have it, if the chat is, is popping or not, but this week, um, one, the Super Bowl happened, which I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I wanted the Niners to win just because they haven't won in what, like 30 years or so? It's been it's been at least since the 90s, if I'm not mistaken, with the 49ers, plus the whole Mahomes bitching at the ref things a little bit more than I think he should, so I kind of soured on him a little bit. And then I am, unfortunately, one of the get-off-my-lawn guys with the Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, I don't like it pushed in my face as much as it is. So I was I was hoping that they weren't going to win, and you got to see the, all, them, all the celebrities kind of walk out sad, but it is what it is. Uh, the... Uh, Chiefs ended up pulling it out. Um, still a good game, overtime, obviously, but uh, fun to watch. Nonetheless, you saw Carlo. I, I think Carlo Carlo just made some plays, and Trent McDuffie was arguably the Super Bowl MVP for that for that defense. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember back to that draft. He was actually my corner too, uh, over Stingley, which might sound crazy. And I know Stingley has done quite a bit at the NFL level as well. Um, and I know part of the reason that I ranked Stingley so low was just his um his injury history and then 
he had a really strong year or two, and then his final year was not so strong. So I actually ranked McDuffie above him, uh, and to see McDuffie play the way he did was was impressive. I always loved his game, really technically sound, really really feisty. Uh, Carl Office is making plays for the for that team. So uh, 2022 draft stock is is up with with those. Um, but again, overall overall a a good game um, in in that one. But let's see who else in the chat. PM. I want to say PM. Hey, boys, what's up, uh, Project Prospect? I know Dom C went out to the Senior Bowl. I saw a bunch of his uh, his tweets with interviews um, and like scouting reports and stuff like that. So if you want, go check out Dom C on Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure you're you're. It's like DC underscore something, but uh, Dom C on on Twitter. I I follow him, so you can go and follow him there and see if you like his stuff. I'll promote it because I think he does a uh, good job and definitely is a worker. Um, Let's keep going down. Hey, Joe, I'm at work stopping by to check in. Hope you and the family are good. Yeah, it's it's been good. Um, I've learned crash course into uh, how to change a diaper properly, how to change a diaper efficiently, when to change a diaper, um, and then just learning the sleep schedule and stuff. It's a little bit harder because he's doing, uh, you know, he's being breastfed. So it's a little bit more on the parents with the breastfeeding, obviously more so the mom, but I got to wake up like every three hours at nighttime right now. So it's not so bad. Every three hours is not, is not too bad, but easy it's it's not bad when he goes to sleep immediately after the bottle when he doesn't and he wants to be up for another hour and a half and he's wired those suck because then you're up from three to four o'clock in the morning bouncing a newborn in your kitchen silent <laughs> like it's just i don't know um matt says joe how much do you think these guys um oh sorry let me let me exit this out so you can see my full face i guess if you even want to um joe how much do you think these guys up the roster in terms of the afc east do Joe, how much do you think these guys up the roster in terms of the AFC East to compete for this division? What the hell is even that? You got me there, Matt. Maybe if I read it slower. How much do you think these guys up the roster in terms of the AFC East to compete? Yeah, you, you gotta give me you gotta give me another one with that one. Um one thing I will say, just in terms of like rosters, and it made me think about it, just kind of trying to cover my grounds here, my basis. Um I did more reviews, so I don't know where I was in terms of my reviews with the last show. I can tell you that I finished all of the draft prospects I'll do for now, um, just because NFL free agency is obviously coming. A couple of weeks from now, um, I'm going to be concerned with what offensive lineman did they sign? What receiver did they sign? Did they sign a running back? Did they sign a D-tackle? Did they sign a safety? So I'm going to be trying to pump through those reviews. Um so I don't want to put too, too much into the draft because a lot of things can happen. So I broke down the most likely Jets targets, in my opinion, the most likely guys at, at 10. So I finished all seven of my reviews. I still have to go back and um, actually record them. I want to wait a little bit for the actual recording of the actual film breakdown, like me breaking down the film live um, and then putting it out there. They're usually anywhere. I know like uh, Fashan who's like 35 plays. So he might be, you know, an hour, hour and a half. Latham's like 60. So that might be a three hour review or, or so. So those are, those can be quite lengthy, but I want to make sure I have like some prospect um, uh, measurables, combine stuff, interviews. So I want to be able to speak a little bit more um, like to date with those guys when I do those shows. So when they release in March, I'm not outdated by two months. Like, Oh yeah, we don't know his combine numbers. It's like, Hey Joe, you know, the combine numbers were out four four weeks ago. Where, where have you been? It's like, no, I recorded that, you know, two months ago. So I want to wait a little bit for the actual recordings, but Fashanu Bowers, Latham, Odunze, Fuaga, and I think the two guys who I watched, who I really didn't have an opinion on, uh, the last stream were was uh, Alt and Neighbors. Um, and just quickly, I can kind of answer questions about either one of those guys if you you know if you blast them. Um, but in general, I like Alt. 
And I think Alt is is the number one tackle in this class. But what what watching Alt did for me was it kind of eliminated the possibility of trading up for Alt. Um, depending on the picks. Now, let's say it's pick eight or nine. Somehow he falls. The Jets want to trade up. Okay, I understand that. But like the trade ups to five or six, where it's really, really going to cost you a lot. Um, I would not do that. I think Alt is the best tackle in the class. Do I think Alt is some stud tackle? I do not. Um, and a, a lot of that comes from him being a little bit off balance. Uh, I, I want him to close ground a little bit more with guys. He tends to, you know, lock guys out. Um, and keep them locked out. But you really want to see guys get that quarter turn, get that back activated. You want to start to see them pull in guys and really control them by the chest plate and have them as tight as they can possibly be. You know, you you want those, you, you want your arms basically, you know, at, at a flat angle to your chest. You don't want, you don't want length. When you have length, you have less control. And Alt has a big problem that uh, problem with that in his game, just keeping guys at length instead of kind of, cr- you know, closing that ground. And then there's some problems with his anchor. Um, one, just his size being six, eight, you know, naturally his hips are high, so he's not going to have the best anchor. But with his anchor, he also has some problems getting into it um, again. And, it, and t- it, typically it comes from his, um, lack of closing the ground, you know, and it's, you know, excuse my French here, but I just, I, I, I'll literally put it in my notes, tip to tip. You can't follow that. I don't know, but get tip to tip. That's what you want. Tip to tip and lift. He tends to create distance and push. Um, a lot of, a lot of the anchor is lifting. It's not pushing a lot of football in general is lifting, not necessarily pushing. Um, if you're actually trying to legitimately move a guy. So I saw some problems there in his game and then the run game, you know, he's a little bit, he's a little bit shaky in the run game. I would say decent, a really good pass protector, but just decent in the run game. So he's good. And again, overall the number one offensive line prospect for me, but I was maybe a little bit lower on him than the hype. He garners, um, still again, number one, just not a trade up candidate for me, unless it's, you know, again, eight or nine, five or six talk about giving up a lot for him. Do I think there's that much of a, Huge gap between him, Latham, Fashanu, Fuaga. No, you know, uh, so a couple picks again, I understand it, but just, um, that's about it. Not, not five or six past that. I did watch, um, I'm starting to do my, I'm trying, I'm starting to prep my Jets player reviews and it's something I actually want to put in the chat. Maybe I'll do that now. Um, I finished, and again, I still have to record them. I finished, uh, McDonald. I finished Carter Warren because these were, these are kind of guys who people, are talking about for bigger roles potentially in 2024 um, that I wanted to go back and specifically watch because when you watch the games and you know, I'm doing the 50, 60, 70 play reviews, you know, you could gloss over a play from Carter Warren or Will McDonald. If you're not actually paying attention to them, you're just looking for things that stand out. But obviously when you're watching them on that individual rep, you pick up more um, admittedly. So I wanted to go back and watch a couple of guys who have some question marks about their their 2023 and may have bigger roles in 2024. And then past that, I'm going to get into some of the bigger guys who people are going to want to see regardless. But um, I watched every single one of McDonald's snaps. This is not special teams. I don't want to watch special teams, but I did McDonald. I did Carter Warren. I did Tony Adams and I did Jeremy Ruckert. I'm on like game five or six of Tippin. So those five guys are already almost done. And then I'm going to do um, Sauce, Wilson, JJ, the next three, and then Brees after that. And then I want to do Michael Carter, the second, Q, Quincy, Conklin, or Reed. So I'm going to put up two polls, I think. I want to ask you guys which one – and, and this is and this is for the people who watch the actual film reviews. I know that there's people who watch the, the live streams who don't necessarily watch the film reviews. But I'm curious to see if you guys want um, Sauce, Wilson, or JJ next so i'm going to put that in the stream in a, in a couple of minutes when i remember to to do it um but quickly with those guys mcdonald i would say 
uh, pretty impressive. He has a very, very high ceiling still. Um, his He has some surprising pop in his punch and under his pads. Um, considering his size. So he already has some power to his game if he can learn how to just take on the run better and have better awareness. Um, and or if he adds from the 242, I think he has a 245 to 250, 255. Um, you could put you could see a player who's legitimately like plus plus NFL strength at the end, not just oh, he can hold up. Um or, you know, instead of it gaining, let's say, 10 pounds to what we thought he would have to gain or, or what we thought he'd have to gain to be average, he may just be able to gain from let's say 242 he is right now to 249 and say, okay, that's good enough. You know? Um, so McDonald, I would say higher on than I previously thought, uh, Carter Warren, I'm telling you guys right now, do not buy the hype. Uh, again, this is something that I I should maybe know from just watching the, the games, but especially towards the end of the season, you start to gloss over. And then again, you add the 53 other players or 52 other players. You can gloss over some players. Um, and I saw some people, I don't know if it was doable or, Willie Cologne or whoever it was on Twitter, I'm telling you right now, I have a 60 play review. 45 of them are of him getting abused. He cannot be the right tackle. He cannot be the left tackle next year. If he's your OT four or five, okay, okay, maybe. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him as at all at offensive tackle four. Sorry, geez, I'm okay with him at offensive tackle four if he doesn't have to play, which is kind of a problem, right? So, like, I'm not comfortable with him, and I'm not comfortable with Mitchell, but what do you do with them? So you need a legitimate backup tackle um, this this offseason. Because if you think it's Carter Warren, again, there's 60 plays. If I got to play 45 of them in a row right now for you guys to get it, I will. It is ugly. So, um, no. No, no, no on Carter Warren. Past that, Tony Adams um, thought he was pretty – he was pretty just average. Average bumps – uh, he didn't really get beat deep a lot, if at all, over his head. So he's really, really saved deep. He has really good man coverage skills, um, more so on tight ends than on receivers. But there were situations where he was cut, covering Waddle. Um, so he has some good man coverage skills, which allows you to to use him all the you know high, low. He was blitzing. He's playing in the box. Um, he has to he has to work on his angles. He has to work on his tackle form, bending at the waist, not driving his feet. Um, but in general, solid coverage safety who has some work to do it with tackling. But for a UDFAs, I know it's not his technical rookie year, but like for 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 all purposes, his rookie year, you know, the first time he's actually played legitimate snaps minus a game or two last year. Um, I thought he was fine, fine, which is okay. Like if you just say if your free safety is fine, um, we'll sign up for that, you know, considering all the other strengths we have on the team. And that's not even considering the fact that he is going to improve most likely, you know, from, from year two to three, he's going to improve with another year in the defense. So plus for him, I would say Rucker, um, watched him. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent on, on Rucker. I could see him in a, in like a, not a great situation being your tight end two, uh, in a good situation being your tight end three. And with that being said, I'm not, I'm not saying that Rucker can't be a good tight end two. I'm saying that he has not proven or shown me enough to be a reliable tight end too. Um, now, with that being said, he wasn't utilized a lot with like his route running and stuff. Um, he wasn't really put in a lot of situations where it could shine. It was a lot of like snags. It was a lot of chip and releases to the flats, arrows. It was a lot of seams, but he wasn't really targeted a ton. Um, on the on the on the incidences he he was targeted. I think like the Chiefs game. There's another deep ball. He was he, uh, Zach put on his back shoulder. Late hands, ability to catch the ball. He's pretty smooth. He's pretty feisty. Um, not a guy you necessarily want as your inline blocking tight end, but kind of a question mark at tight end too. So kind of open up the possibility for them to bring a tight end to me. Uh, I'm not talking about necessarily Bowers or 
or you know um what's the uh, dalton schultz you know who's a free agent i'm not talking about that but maybe somebody else out there you know maybe we'll look up names later but um relatively indifferent on him uh in terms of his blocking it's pretty solid um he definitely needs to get he needs to get not, stop getting out in front of his skis so often um definitely needs to just control himself in space more past that Tittman, uh still pretty early i'm impressed Tittman's good man it's you had you have some issues with low with low hand carriage with with his hand shooting from low and his hand shooting from high um high and wide at, at times as well so his hands are kind of all over the place um, but he has really good like redirective power, redirective balance. He has really good understanding of scheme. Um, I've been pretty damn impressed with Tippin. So I just wanted to give you kind of a roundabout thing of what or your thoughts of what I've done the last couple of weeks. Um, and then pass that. Like I said, I do want to get that uh, tw- that that poll up here just so you guys can kind of dictate to me. It's I, I know you guys aren't overly interested in like, oh, I, you know, I care about this review so much that it's going to get released in in you know a month from now or, or two months from now or five months from now, whatever it's going to be. But it would be helping me out if you guys could uh could help me out with the with the vote here so I could <clears throat> kind of have it solidified. Let me just see. How do you how do you do? Give me two seconds. Let's see. Blue it splits. How do you I don't know when the last time I did a Twitter poll was. I don't know if I know how to do it. Okay, I think I can do it. Go down here. This, that. Okay, cool. Poll. Review. Let's put review. It's in between Sauce, JJ, and Wilson. Garrett Wilson, obviously, for whoever goes first. I'm just curious your guys' general thoughts on that. And then I'll uh, I'll go off of it. Let's keep going down. Um, Dom, you doing any live streams tonight? Dom, are you doing any live streams tonight? <laughs> Marvin Marvin said, did you LOL when Horman caught the winning? It's not, I, didn't, I didn't LOL it. I... I knew immediately that there was going to be articles out there or tweets out there like, oh, the Jets, you know, and I think it was like Travis Kelsey or Mahomes. I think it was Travis Kelsey, but oh, the Jets gave up on him. And Nani had put out an article basically saying how bad he actually was with the Chiefs once he got there, like, you know, um, yards per target or, or whatever the hell the stats were. But the um, it's not like he was a game changer for them when he went back. He kind of went back there and did what he did with the Jets and with the Chiefs prior to that, a lot of nothing. And he caught a – I forget what the route even was. I know it was in the flat or it was an arrow or it was like a slider out, but it was to the flat, completely designed open, wide open, and, and he caught the ball. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, he, he caught, you know, 13 posts and he was making a hell of good plays on the ball. And then I would be like, okay, what the fuck, man? Um, it's more like, of course, of course. Now I'm waiting for, you know, Rich Samini to tweet out all the Jets or, you know, Josina Anderson to put out another stupid tweet and then delete that one too because that's what she does. Um, she deletes things and she just can't speak English or type English. So that's what I was more frustrated about. But overall, I didn't really give a shit, dude. You know, I was having a good time. I don't, I, I'm not so butthurt at, at this point. It is what it is. Like, let's just win, you know? Um, and even with the, these stories, just in general, kind of the general, we're talking about the general numbers for the Jets. It's, you know, uh, we'll talk about the Woody Johnson comments in, in, in a little while. And obviously, the stream, you know, I think I, I think I labeled it as Woody making a pecker out of himself, which I might have to change the wording because I know the Jets do uh, tabs. So maybe I shouldn't say that making a pecker out of himself. But I'm asking the question. I didn't say he did or did not. You have to listen, Jets, to figure out the result if you are. Um, but yeah, even with that, it's just like you see it and it pops up. I'm kind of like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, I don't care. Just like, give me the free agents, get me the guys in the draft, let me break down actual tangible film. I don't want to talk about the storyline shit anymore. Just win next year. But I can't deal with all the other stupid bullshit that's going on, which we'll talk about um, 
in, in a little bit. So uh, Matt says, I agree 100%. I don't know what to, but thank you. Um, hello, and I think you're right. As, I think that's a good idea. I just agree. Um, hello, Florida. Hello to you, Gangrene. Uh, who's your first three offensive tackles if you did the work yet? Yeah, Matt, um, you've been here. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been here. Uh, my number one relatively easily, I'm not going to say it's a landslide, though, is, uh, is Alt. My number two is pretty easily Latham. I'm not saying there's a massive gap between Latham and Fashanu. Um, but then I would say three is for the Jets, Fashanu. For other teams, it may be Fuaga, specifically for teams who are either a power team, um, power counter ankle blocking at uh, as a run-based team so you can play tackle, or a team who's just going to say, hey, listen, we, we think this guy can be an all-pro guard we're to, to, to guard, but the question about his athleticism to tackle do scare me a little bit. Um, his, you know, his, his ability to get lateral scares me when guys are crossing his face. And there was that rep even last week that people were promoting on the senior ball. I said, oh, great, great rep from Fuaga because he pancaked the guy. But you don't realize that he let the guy like get three or four yards deep into the backfield, cross his face, and he continued to, to, to cross his face. So if the quarterback was there on a three or five-step drop, he's fucked. Now, let's say that, you know, again, I'm not privy to necessarily the drills or how they laid it out. If they said, hey, the quarterback's taking a seven-step drop, he, here's the set point, and he, and he blocked him in front of his face, okay. If it was a three or five-step drop, he was screwed. So um, one of my concerns with Fuaga is his lack of movement and able to to adjust quickly to, to lateral movement. Guy, you know, guys crossing his face. Um, a little bit worried about the outside hand with Fuaga. Uh, sometimes it's very wide, um, either where it lands or just his carry is, is very wide and low. So um, a little bit concerned about him on an island. Uh, so I would say he's my four, but for other things, maybe my three. But it's definitely alt, alt. Um, Latham, and then you know those three, those two guys are are battling it out for three and four, um, right now. But uh, I saw the tweet. Somebody, somebody tweeted out like a bunch of good Fushanu pass reps, and I showed you guys the plays. I think two weeks ago, said, "Hey, listen, he has all these great plays. What about these really shitty plays?" So I don't want to pull up that again, just because I don't want to like beat a dead horse. And I'm not even trying to be labeled like some Fushanu hater. I just don't think he's some top two stud tackle lock. It's just not to me. Um, so again, yeah, not to be a dead horse. If you want to go back and watch those plays, I, I probably pulled up ten to twelve plays of him getting, you know, quite frankly, his ass whooped at times. So uh, I'm a little bit worried about his pro readiness and then even his super pro ready pass protection. It works at times, but I'm worried about guys bull rushing the shit of him because, um, again, typically he kind of he kind of just throws he throws an inside hand that's more of like a catch hand, um, and it's just kind of to to feel where a guy's at. It doesn't deliver any actual power. Um, and then his left hand, he, then he kind of leaves his feet in his left hand, um, you know, catches you where, where you're going. But there's not a lot of forcefulness in terms of like direct angles with his punches. It's more, it's more tappy with the right, catchy with the left, and then let me rely on my, my on my strong grip strength and good anchor as a college level to then lock you down. The problem is if you're going wide, you know, relatively in, ineffective punch in terms of delivering a pop with the right hand because he kind of just does the same thing where he taps him on top of the shoulder pad and then tries to catch him with the, with the left hand and the outside hand, guys are going to time it and are going to bull rush the shit out of you. So it's ready, it's ready, but it's not it's not like he's going to be a stud pass protector right away with his current technique. Um so yeah he's my he's my third. Uh Rex uh Rex Ryan said you to make sure you volunteer to change the diapers while the baby baby is breastfeed breastfed not as stinky yeah it's not as bad um it, it's kind of like it it, it kind of almost smells like sweet but shit's not gonna bother me like the, the only thing that bothers me is 
Like I don't like actively getting shit on. It's not I'm not a person to be like oh, and I start gagging. Um, but I don't like having to then change two or three layers of clothes, the changing table, baths. That's the annoying part about getting shit on. It's not even actual. It's not even the actual smell of the shit, you know. But um, Q Joe, if we can cut players close June first, when can we use the money to we save for the cap right away or after? Um, so I am not a contract guy, NY Jets Super fan for sure. I, I'm I'm pre- I'm admittedly pretty terrible. Um, I know you can only use one or two first or post first. Post June first designation. Sorry, so you only have one or two of those where you could just release a player really early, I believe. Um, so I'm assuming they did that for the reason, for that for that exact reason, so they could spend that money right away. So it's like, hey, free agency opens in in March, you know. Um, but shit, we're not going to get Mike and Tomlinson thirteen million dollars off until June. This is really going to fuck us. So the NFL kind of, you know, however many years ago said, okay, we'll let you have, you know. A or two or three post June first to get that money right away. I am 90 percent sure. We'll leave ten percent chance. I'm wrong on that, um, and the, maybe I'm wrong on the exact like, terminology, the exact details of it. Um, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, like Lincoln Thomas and thirteen million dollars, they can cut him and then have that money now. I think. Do not kill me if I'm wrong. Because admittedly, again, I'm pretty terrible with the cap stuff. Um, Curly Norman says, is it true that Fashano is the best pure pass blocking tackle that you've watched? Um, people keep saying that for some reason. I would say he is. I would say he is. But it's not bulletproof, right? And I kind of just described the why. Um, again, I, I want more straight angles in his punching. He does a lot of like, he does a lot of what the like, it's, it's technically called like, a hug technique. Even though a hug technique is like the straight up hugging right off the jump. Um, he kind of just throws like, more, like a feeler punch out there with the, with the inside. And again, catches you with the with the inside or with the outside, but you need more straight angles to really deliver pop, and then specifically to get into guys' chest plate because the most important part is it's not necessarily the pop; it's the it's the pop, but it's the post quarter turn latch, quarter turn, and then pull him into you, and you basically rolling your hips up and trying to get again, for lack of a better term, tip to tip with him, roll your hips up and through, and lift him. Um, but with Fashano, a lot of a lot of what he's doing is is hugging. It's a lot of wide hand placement and again it, it that could work versus let's say i don't know you know lighter dn brian burns and so he might not even be that light anymore let's say he's like 250 you know will mcdonald 242 that's gonna work you see cam jordan like that watch out so he's pro ready versus speed rushers <laughs> maybe you know i don't know so uh yeah i, I would say best pure follow oh, no no sorry Alt is better. Alt is better as a pass blocker. Out of the next three guys, he is the most pro ready, but not bulletproof. That's how that's how I want to answer that question. I'd also like to raise my mic a little. Okay, coming away. Um, how is this poll doing? Wow, how do I view? Okay, JJ, JJ, then Sauce, then Wilson. Okay, and poll. That that one. Now my next question is: I'm going to do another one really quick, and then I'm going to be done with the polls. The next, so then I'm going to do those nine players. My next one's going to be Marco. Oh, sorry. Next is going to be Marco Carter the second. And these are ones that I might legitimately not do the next guy. So, like, I might not even get to these ones, but I'm legitimately curious. Like, this is the one I want to to know even more because I may not get to all these guys. The ones I just listed, I am 1,000% getting to them. Conklin uh, and we got Quincy. Okay, so next one is between Marco Carter the second, Q. Conklin and Quincy Williams start to pull again. I'm going to keep answering some questions. Um, let me pull something back up too. 
Okay. Oh, other thing I want to cover too, uh, and this is just some of the the notes I have in my stream or in my in my notes section of my laptop. But Chad, Chad Alexander, that's something I didn't really comment on too much. He was the I forget his exact role in the, in the Jets or his, the exact label, but he was basically the third in command in terms of like the front office. It was Joe Douglas. It was um, Rex Hogan. It was Chad Alexander. Um, so he left for the assistant GM spot, I believe with the chargers. Um, and people were questioning like, Hey, it's either one of two things, which I agree. It's either one of two things. One, the Jets wanted to promote him to assistant GM. And he said no and left for the, for the same job somewhere elsewhere, which is a concern in terms of like, just maybe the, the volatility of the Jets front office or the Jets said, no, we don't, we, you know, we don't necessarily think you're ready for the assistant GM spot. You're going to stay here as your, your role now. And he said, screw that. I'm going to go get a promotion. So either way, um, it, it depends on which side you believe. Uh, maybe he just wasn't ready. Again, I'm going to hold out hope at this point and just hope that he was he, he had a large part and uh, had a large part in the pro player personnel. <laughs> and that's why they were not going to promote him. And that's why he left. That, again, I'll, I'll be positive. If you want to be negative. The Jets offer him the promotion. Uh, they're a fucking mess. He left for the Chargers, who aren't even a great organization, even though they got Jim now. And hopefully it'll be a little bit better, or hopefully not. Realistically, because they're in the AFC. Um, we're a shit show. So, like, which way do you want to look at it? We don't know. It's impossible to know. So, just wanted to uh, go over that. Another thing, another little thing that was kind of, or not little thing, it's the, it's the title, but I, I put it as a title just because it was a little bit catchy. Um, transparency. The whole Woody Johnson thing, I don't, even really, I don't really necessarily know the quotes. I know that there's two big problems with it. Woody saying that he was mad this season and and it was the maddest that Joe Douglas and, and Robert Sala have ever seen him or that anybody's ever seen him or whatever the fuck he said. But then that same guy who's so mad for the Jets and so mad for the fans and so mad how all this shit went then turns around and raises fucking ticket prices. I... I don't know how mad are you. You don't seem that mad because you 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 just fucked your fans again and asked for not only more money but the money earlier. How mad are you? You know, so like okay, bullshit there. Um, you had him saying that the Jets didn't have a backup quarterback next year. Well, hey, the guys you hired said that they were supposed to be a redshirt year, and nobody did anything. So everybody just sat on their hands. So their problem, as well as your problem, why the unnecessary shots at Zach He's out the door. We're trying to again. I don't think anybody's going. To, Woody Johnson is saying that we don't have a backup quarterback. It's going to necessarily lower his stock, but it's not going to help his stock either. So why say it? Kind of stupid. Um, and then another Woody Johnson thing, which I, I guess we can just get into the secondary topic of, of this, is the whole um, right after the Super Bowl. You know, we're watching good football and stuff overtime. You know, good football, hoping where the Jets are going to be next year. And two seconds after it ends. You know, I don't know if the, the players are off the field yet, and Woody Johnson announced his fucking jerseys, like not a later date, like immediately after the <laughs> immediately after the Super Bowl, like immediately after the Super Bowl ended. You're like, oh, New Jersey's next year, like next season, Jets win the offseason. Here we are again. It's, it's just, it's like not, it's not necessarily like, oh, like, what does it matter? Um, it's just more so embarrassing. Like twelve o'clock at night, tweeting out about jerseys. Like, have an official announcement, a couple of you know. I don't know. It just seems like he's trying to attention grab, and we and we know that he he pays attention to social media. He knows what the Giants are doing. He knows what the Daily News is saying. He knows what ESPN is saying. So, um, just a really bad look and opinion. Now, with that being said, the new uniforms, we expected it. Um, we're getting the white legacy throwback. We're getting the green legacy throwback, which I'm assuming is just inverted of the white 
uh, mostly white and a little bit of green to mostly green, a little bit of white. And then they're making a, I think, uh, I think they announced that they're making a black one too. So whatever the black alternate's going to be, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they announced the, the, the decal because the decal, uh, or no, they, they announced the decal. Well, no, they didn't announce the, the decal. I guess we're assuming it's going to be the Jets old swoosh, but maybe they add some of the new flavor and they put the Jets swoosh in a circle or something like that. We don't necessarily know, but I'm happy that the uniforms are changing. I know there are people out there who say, oh, and I said this before, like, oh, I hate that. You know, I don't care if the Jets wear tutus. I want them to win. It's like, great. If that's your opinion, then maybe just like shut up and stop like pissing everybody's Cheerios because – Again, you're, you're not, it's not that people are not allowed to have that opinion, like, oh, just win. But why put it out there? Like, people are actively excited about it and talking about the jerseys, and you have those 10% of people. And even if it's like 50% of people who, who think like this, but you have the 10%, the, the, the minority who are going to go out there and be like, oh, fuck these people who care about the jerseys. It's like a lot of people care about the jerseys. And in my personal experience, a lot of the people who don't like the aesthetics, don't like the jerseys, never played sports. I don't know a lot of guys who, who like really were into sports in high school or college or even up who don't like jersey aesthetics. Um, it's almost pretty damn rare to me for people who don't find or who don't like jerseys who didn't play sports. Nonetheless, um, let people have their peace. Let people have fun. You don't have to actively like shoot them down and piss in their Cheerios. You know? um, and with, the, with that being said, I care about the jerseys. So um, I'm excited to see exactly what they're – what they're going to be, but that's something else that that came out. And uh, the ten percent stopping fucking grumps and let people have their their, their fun. I don't care about jerseys. We're tutus. Okay, dude, keep that to yourself. You don't have to actively make yourself looking an asshole. Um, Matt says, uh, "What do you think Joe Douglas has to do to get this team to win the AFC East? And who's the real competition to do so? Miami or Buffalo? I think. Well, I, I think they're both real competition. Now, who do I think is more competition? Um, I'd probably say Buffalo because they've they've been there for the last few years. Now, they don't really do much to get into the playoffs. But um, with that being said, looking at both Buffalo and Miami, I think they're, both of their cap situations are not great. Like the, It's either the Bills or the Dolphins are like minus like 30, 40, maybe even $50 million in cap space right now. Um, so I think they're both realistic like contenders for the AFC East. But I also think they're also... They're taking a step down or two, the ladder, while hopefully the Jets are adding and going to take steps or, or, or jumps up the ladder. Um, now, what needs to be done to get this team to win the AFC East? Um, it's the major holes that we've all talked about, right? You know, it's it's two tackles. You need two tackles, in my opinion, the minimum. Um, another, sorry, you need three offensive linemen. Interior, you need one on interior offensive lineman. I am counting Lakin Thompson as good as gone. He has to be gone. He's not worth $13 million in no world. In no world, he's worth what he's being paid. Get rid of him, replace him. So you need one interior offensive lineman. You need two tackles, in my opinion. Um, you're not moving ABT to to guard and, and or, uh, to tackle, in my opinion. You keep him at guard. So three of those guys. Past that, you need another playmaker um, at receiver. Now, we are all hoping that it, that it's going to be some stud lockdown too. You know, Pittman or Calvin Ridley or whatever your flavor is. I think that's option A. I think option B is also probably and even probably more so realistic, but also um, fine enough. Could be like a, um, which everybody's been talking about, like these two guys, but it's like the, the uh, Curtis Samuels, uh, Tyler Boyd's over the world. If you can't get the Michael Pittmans, pair those two guys up together. So um, attacking, getting another playmaker or two, two or three offensive linemen at the minimum. And I think from there, it's it's on defense. You need to bring back um, Quentin Jefferson. 
you need to bring in another run stopper. You need to find find a starting strong safety, whether that be just re-signing Chuck Clark or getting another guy in free agency who's a little bit lesser tier. Um, I think those are the major holes. Two or three on the offensive line. I'm saying three holes in the offensive line. One big hole at receiver, safety, tackle. You got six big holes to fill. Um, and then pass. Oh, sorry, seven big holes to fill. Backup quarterback. So that's seven big holes to fill. Like, in my opinion, uh, unnegotiable. You need to fill those seven spots again. Receiver, guard, tackle, tackle, safety, D tackle, quarterback. Figure that out again. Not a, not every sign. It doesn't have to be Chauncey Gordon or Johnson. We could sign again just Chuck Clark. That works as plugging the hole. So you don't have to fill everything with with you know the the golden ticket. Um, now with that being said, I think there's also some secondary needs and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I want to look up some guys, but, um, you could use, or I think they need a running back two on this team. Who's running back two right now? Cause if you're just banking on Izzy, that's sketchy. Um, he didn't really prove much of anything. And obviously he didn't have the, the best opportunity to, to prove much of anything because the offensive line was complete balls, but, um, you have to get another running back. I think that a tight end could be a possibility again, not Bowers. I'm not saying Dalton Schultz. I'm not saying any one of these guys, but can you bring another tight end? You know, has Rucker proven enough this year to be tight end two? You're getting rid of Uzama. They were already apparently interested in Michael Mayer last year. So if you're interested in Michael Mayer last year, you had Uzama, you had Rucker. Who's to say you're not going to be interested in at least adding something at tight end? So I think that's another secondary need. Um, D-tackle. I don't think it's really a secondary need at this point because I, I mentioned it before. Um... Safety, yes. Yeah, so like I guess, like running back and tight end are two kind of secondary needs on offense that people aren't talking about. Uh, what's your take on on Huff? Keep him or not? Can McDonald take his place? I think it's possible that McDonald can take his place, Matt. Um, with that being said, am I confident that McDonald is going to take the step? You know, the step from being a quasi productive guy in very limited snaps to being one of the best edge rushers in the NFL from year one to two. I'm not going to take that leap. Do I think it's possible? Yes. Do I think it's likely this year or even next year? Probably not. Um, so I'm re-signing Huff you know, to the best of my ability. I think Jason Fitzgerald, I'm not sure. I, I think it's Jason Fitzgerald. I apologize if I'm wrong because it's a spot track or something. I, Jason's from OTC, I believe, still. So um, I know he said like he has like an inkling that the Jets are going to sign him like, at the 11th hour before free agency, which if so, great. Um, but... I also want to follow that up with, I don't think it's smart for the Jets to bring back Huff unless they can make it work. Now, there is a world they can make it work, but speaking from, I'm trying to speak from the realm of realism. I think if you bring back Huff, you got to get rid of JFM, right? you like, and you know, I know people are going to say like, oh, you know, why are you getting rid of your good players? Because they don't have a lot of cap room. I think right now they have $5 million. They have to, again, I just had seven million they need. Um, so can you afford to keep Q? I just think about all the resources into defensive defensive line. Q, $25 million a year. JJ, first round pick. McDonald, first round pick. Bryce Huff, let's just say $18 million a year. $18 million a year. You have um uh JFM, $14, $15 million a year. How much money can we possibly pour into that position? And we're not even talking about filling our needs at D-tackle because you need two D-tackle right now. Because right now, we're sorry, you need three, right? Because you have Q, and that's it. Solomon Thomas is not under contract. Quinn Jefferson is not under contract. Al Woods is not under contract. So um, 
I don't think you can just pour all those resources in. You don't have three fifths of a starting offensive line when you don't have you know two or three wide receivers. Like there's a lot that they need on offense. So overload defensive line, it's 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 a luxury. You know, um, if we somehow nailed the other picks and all that, and Beckton worked out and and uh, Lazard worked out, you know, then maybe. But unfortunately, we, we those, some of those signs, some of the picks that we made in the, in the past did not work out. So you kind of have to maybe take from a, a, a great strength just to balance out the the roster. Um, I know that people want to say, oh, just keep your good players, but can you keep JFM and afford Curtis Samuel? You know, I, obviously I'm not saying Curtis Samuel over JFM because Curtis Samuel is going to cost, you know, seven, eight million dollars and JFM is 14. But would you rather have Curtis Samuel and I don't, I don't fucking Curtis, Kurt, let's just say Curtis Samuel and Boyd um, or JFM. This is considering this is, this is with the thought that Huff is on the team. You guys tell me. Like if you had to choose. And obviously it's not that exact price and it might be a little bit more than JFM, but let, you know, for, for, uh, for the sake of it, JFM, Tyler Boyd, and Curtis Samuel. I'm taking Curtis Samuel and Tyler Boyd with Huff. I am. So that's those are those are those are my thoughts. Um, we has the ability. Like he is freaky bendy. He is freaky explosive. Um, his power for his size is 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 surprising. Um, Tony says, uh, "How are you, Joe? Great show. I appreciate that, Tony. I'm doing doing pretty well." Doing pretty well. Um, I'm not excited to go back to work in a couple of days, but nonetheless, we're this. Um, we follow as a fan on social media and just wants to be liked. It's pathetic. Oh, he follows. What? Yeah, it's 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 gross. Um, your top five wide receiver that would be there in the two through four. So, Simon, again, I'll be very transparent. I don't look at other draft reports and I don't watch all these guys and I don't just read a scouting report and then again put my opinion out there like it's my own after watching YouTube highlights. I've done very little research past like the first round guys, even past the, the top ten guys. There's transparency. Um, this show will be a lot more about free agency, the free agency we sign, and then getting into the draft more towards the draft. But for me to say, oh, I like, you know, John John McClinsky out of out of UMass round, round three receiver because I have read one scouting report of him. I'm not going to do it. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. What I can say about my big board though, in terms of receivers, is. Um, or just, just a quick thing about receivers. Some people have put a Dunze over neighbors. I would like to know why. Legitimately, I'd like to know why, unless you have a thing about size, which I think in the NFL is generally massively overstated. Like, oh, we need a big guy opposite of Garrett. Why? Why? Now, I would understand somebody if they were like, hey, we need an X receiver because our, because, you know, let's just say whoever, whoever's a good, let's just say, this is not real because Justin Jefferson is amazing at releases, but Justin Jefferson can't get off of off of press release. He's really, really good at the Z or the slot because he's afforded some more room at the line of scrimmage. We need a guy who can win versus press, so that's our X. Okay, I understand that. That makes more sense to me when you're saying, oh, we need more size. Okay, so let's say if Malik Neighbors is Antonio Brown and, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, we're doing this AJ Green, like Antonio Brown might be the better player, but because we need the AJ Green size, we're going to take him over Antonio Brown. He's going to take the better receiver. Like, uh, give me Antonio Brown over AJ Green. You know, obviously, I'm not saying those guys are them. I know some people will run with that, uh, but I would like to know why. Um, Neighbors is comfortably above him, in my opinion. Um, Neighbors is is my number one prospect that I've watched uh, out of the seven, um, even comfortably above Alt for me. 
I like Neighbors a lot. Neighbors is pretty – he's pretty nasty. There's some things he needs to work on, um, fighting for the ball in traffic. There's some body catches there. Um, I think his top end speed is probably a little bit overstated, but his agility and his quicks uh, are pretty stupid. They're pretty stupid. His woody change and his tenderness pure cringe. Yeah, it, it, it was cringe, right, Captain K-Techno? Um, it was kind of funny at the time where he, like, walked in with the big thought, like, with the big woody chain. Okay, like, he dropped a couple of grand to, to have a moment with the guys, but then when you start wearing it around all the time, yeah, it's definitely a little bit out of touch cringe, you know? Um, would you like Garoppolo as a backup for Aaron? Well, I saw he was just suspended for two for two uh, games, but I would, I would anticipate Garoppolo still getting like a lower tier starting gig. Um, Blitzcrew, I, he's a guy who he's going to get, you know, and it's it's hard to say exactly. Like, I don't I didn't watch him his stats and all that, but you'd anticipate him getting fifteen million dollars a year, twenty million dollars a year, you know, that last chance guy. Let's say, you know, I, I don't know, like what's a good situation? You know, the Bucks, like the Bucks aren't able to resign, you know. Uh, Baker Mayfield for some reason, and he goes there. Or, you know, um, the Ra- well, here, here I went to the Raiders, but you know, some some team who's like kind of in flux, who's not going to have, they're not necessarily ready to to tear it all down um, with a rookie, but they're kind of in like that that gray area. I would say it's a spot for him. The Bucks comes to mind. Um, I'm sure there's some other ones I just can't. There's definitely ones like I can't think of right now. Um, I mean, the Titans to like mentor. Levis, or something like that. I, I think he's still getting a starting spot uh, at the end of the day, or at least too much money. You know, even Brissett might talk himself into a low tier starting spot or, or too much money. You know, I, I think like Gardner Minshew is a guy who's like not going to get a starting spot. You know, so um, Tom Cahill says, "Hey Joe, there's a lot of interior offensive linemen in the middle rounds. Should we keep Tippy at guard and take a center?" Um, so I again. Don't want to speak to the guys individually. What I could say with with Tippmann is, and this is this is kind of just it's, it's pretty point blank here is Tippmann has the flexibility to play guard or center. That's it. That's all you needed from what I just said. You can play guard or center. So when you're going into the draft and you're going into free agency, go in and target, you know, your your best center, your best guard. Target them both. Um, if one signs, then okay, Tippmann's in the other spot. That, that's it. I feel like Tippmann was just at, at least the, the two or three games he played at guard. He was just as good at guard as he was the rest of the season at center, unless he played guard again. And I just, I'm just misremembering. He might have. Um, but he's the same player at, at, at both spots. So uh, I would – and by the way, Tippmann too, in terms of his some of his weaknesses, he does need to improve versus strength. Um, Fletcher Cox played, played like – I think he played 12 snaps in the Eagles game total. Five or six of those, Fletcher Cox ate his lunch because Fletcher Cox – Probably watched him stall low hands, wide hands. I'm taking that chest. And he did uh, pretty consistently. And he's on his face a little bit too much. So he has to deal with that um, you know, in terms of improving. And he was at guard in that game, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, he has flexibility. Play him at either. I'm much more in the mindset of play around with Pittman, center guard, whatever, for, you know, for this season at least. Or how do I want to word that? He's, he's flexible right now. But you don't want to keep fucking around with him, right? So I don't want him, okay, go into this season at right guard or left guard or center and you're gonna play, let's just say right guard, right guard, right guard, right guard this entire year. And then next year, oh, we want you back at center. Like, no, none of that bullshit. But he has enough flexibility right now where you could decide um either way. So center or guard. I'm I'm fine with either one in free agency. And then the other one is Pittman. I would like to see it be, I think our probably our our, our starting five or our five interior offensive linemen 
are a combination of Tippmann, ABC, let's just say it's Zeitler, Zeitler at, um, at left guard or right guard. Um, I think McGovern's going to be brought back for a million or two dollars as, as a swing backup, um, you know, as a swing guard or a center backup. I think he's a very, very, very good depth. And then you have Schweitzer still here. Um, and those are probably your five guys on the interior, the exterior. I'm anticipating it being an Isaiah Wynn, not an Isaiah Wynn, a uh, like a Trent Brown or um, other guy's name. I'm blanking out now from New England, him or um, a starting level guy, Jonah Williams. And then the other tackle is going to be a uh, a um, draft guy. The swing tackle should also be signed in agency, in my opinion. Um, whoever that may be. I do think there's a chance for like other guys too. I saw George Fant. He had those comments this week. Um, I think it was maybe it was an ESPN article or something like that that was talking about top five options for the Jets to avoid, I believe, in free agency. I didn't read the whole thing. I don't know who it was from, but I think George Fant was the number one option to avoid. And then George Fant like commented, and he's like, I'm sick of people just like relying on it on PFF, which crazy. I completely agree. Um like watch the film for yourself and he had a pretty good year with the Texans. So could you see Fant be brought back to play left tackle for the Jets? You know, again, not something to necessarily write home about, but like a C plus B type of move. Can you bring in two guys? You know, like, is it maybe Fant? Like, I think an ideal world is like, okay, being again, realism. I don't want to say the Jets are going to sign the two tackles on the market, but let's say they sign a winner. That was the guy I forgot about, by the way. Let's say they sign a winner. Okay. Not necessarily a home run, but for this free agency, a nice triple. That's a nice triple of a hit in free agency for the Jets. We'd love to sign Tyron Smith too, but shit, we're not going to be able to afford it. Um, George Fant for five, six million dollars a year. And then you have Fant and you have um and you have Owenu, but George Fant's not necessarily going to prohibit you from drafting a guy at 10, right? Now, if you let's say if you sign Trent Brown and Owenu and you're both costing you $15 million a year, you're probably not going to draft a tackle. At least it's going to steer you away from that direction. Signing Fant for five, six, seven million dollars a year is not going to prohibit you from that. Um, so I think that's a good option. Past that, if you can't land a Fant, then get a Kelvin Beecham. You know, somebody in here to play for three or four million dollars who's a swing tackle. If you need a swing tackle. It absolutely unequivocally cannot be Max Mitchell. It absolutely unequivocally cannot be Carter Warren. I don't know where people are getting the Carter Warren stuff. I don't know if Damian Woody typed in PFF grade. Carter Warren, and then just went based on that because if he's watching him, he either one doesn't know what he's watching, or two, he's just he just it's just PFF, right? It's either one of those two things because you cannot watch the film of his six starts and say I'm comfortable with this guy as potentially starting tackle for the Jets. There is absolutely no way. And also, I don't know if it's Damian Woody or I, I think it was Luigi Usable to be honest. So, um, oh sorry, I didn't see this. Um, two dollar super chat from Blitz Crew. Um, would you like Garoppolo as a backup for Aaron? Which I think I just answered, but I didn't highlight it. But nonetheless, I appreciate the super chat. Um, I, just to reiterate, just in case, uh, Blitz Crew, it, I, I think he's going to get a lower tier starting gig, um, or at least too much money. Uh, it might be a situation where you bring him in, let's say, you know, and I'm trying to think of like a, the exact team. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Pats. You know, he goes back to the Pats. They draft Jaden Daniels at, at three, and he either starts over Jaden or well, then you have to figure out the first two games. But you get what I'm saying. Like, I think he's going to be a rookie quarterback that allows you to either ease the rookie quarterback in, or if the rookie quarterback takes off, then you don't feel that bad about benching Garoppolo, but you have great depth. Um, 
or is it a team who's kind of like in that gray area where they're not necessarily going to compete, they're not necessarily going to, um, you know, tear it down like the Falcons or something like that, even though they're going to shoot for higher, but kind of feel what I'm saying. But I, I appreciate the super chat. Um, unfortunately, as we know, he is big into Jet Twitter. I'm guessing he probably watches plenty of YouTube com- content. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's pretty easy to just click on Twitter and just scroll through a couple of tweets. Um, it takes a lot of time to watch these, but I don't know. What should we do with Huff? Uh, we should sign him to a $16, $17, $18 million a year deal. If not, I say you try to tag and trade him, um, but I'm hoping you keep him and get rid of JFM. So, um, so mad and makes no changes at the top. Yeah, Nick Russo, this will be talk- we talked about this two weeks ago. Um, the Jets just making no changes and getting rid of a running running backs coach and then bringing in the running backs coach dues from the um, from the Titans like wasn't enough changes. I, mean, I know the receiver coach left too, and you brought back Sean Jefferson and not enough of a change for me. So uh, they bitched all year. They threw up their hands. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. What are we going to do? Woody Johnson kind of endorsed it. Yeah, what are we going to do? Our starting quarterbacks hurt. And then he gets it from the media. I don't know if he had a couple of margaritas or whatever it was. And he's like, I'm the maddest I've ever been. It's like, okay, well, why didn't you say that like three months ago or two months ago when they were losing and being embarrassing and blown out versus divisional opponents on the road? Why didn't you say that then? I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> uh, which free agents are you retaining for the Jets? Oh, sure. Um, hold on. Let me do something on my phone. Let me. I, I just deleted that poll by accident. I wanna, I, I'm legitimately curious to see what that poll was because I'm going to base it off of that. Next, I'm going to say MC2. MC2 Quincy Conk Q with zero votes out of 22. Okay, MC2 and Quincy it is. Interesting. MC2 Quincy. Let me update my list. MC2 right there. And Quincy. Then I'll put up a poll for the other ones later on. Quincy Williams. Wow, Quincy Williams over Q. Um, okay. So what Jets free agents am I retaining? Let's see Jets free agents list. Jets free agents 2024. I'll share my screen uh, once I pull it up. Okay. Free agents tracker for the Jets. All right. And StreamYard and uh, preset. Share screen. We're going to share. Chrome tab. This Chrome tab. All right. Jets free agents. Carl Lawson. No. Dwayne Brown. No. Jordan Whitehead. No. Chuck Clark. Yes. Give me, give me Chuck Clark all day. I really like Chuck Clark. Um, now there are some other options out there. Maybe we'll look at them in a little bit. You know, Jeremy Chin or, you know, some, some of these other guys who, who might be out there who might be a little bit of an upgrade over Chuck Clark. But overall, I am completely happy with Chuck Clark as a starting uh, strong safety. So yes to Clark. Yes to Huff. Yes to Quentin Jefferson. Again, six or seven sacks in, what, 12 or 13 games that he played. Um, a guy who I thought was underrated coming to the Jets. A lot of people said, you know, kind of talk shit about his run defense. But then when you factor in, he was two-gapping a lot with the with the Seahawks. Um, I thought his run defense would get better in a single-gap penetration type defense, and it did. Um, he balled out. So I definitely want these three guys. And I would probably say just not looking at the top of Actually, there are some other guys I want to retain. So let's just do it again. No, no, yes for the reasons I said, yes for the reasons I said, yes for the reasons I said. I couldn't give two shits less. If Randall Cobb is receiver six, fine. If not, is what it is. Would I rather a fifth-round rookie than Randall Cobb? Yes, so I'm going to say no. Greg Zerline, yes. Solomon Thomas, yes, for sure. Um, 
good depth guy, good locker room guy. I would very much enjoy Solomon Thomas back. Justin Hardy, yes, to an extent. I think that you notice that the special teams unit is different when Hardy is out. With that being said, I do think Irv Trells replaced him well at times. Um, so I would say yes, depending on price, kind of like an asterisk next to this. And I think that kind of applies for every guy, you know, yes with an asterisk. Um, it's like, oh, you said yes to Quinn Jefferson. That means you want to sign for $30 million a year. I, okay, I get that. So they're all yes with asterisks. But specifically for Hardy, um, I don't want to pay him like 3 or $4 million a year to make tackles on special teams. You know, two, 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 two to three, okay. We're talking about like $4 million, no. Al Woods, I don't. I think he's going to, retru- going to retire, so no. Um, uh. We got Connor McGovern. I would say unequivocally, yes. I very much hope that he is back as a swing guard, um, backup center. I don't necessarily want him starting on an ideal offensive line. But with that being said, if I told you that the starting line is, let's say this allows the Jets to splurge elsewhere, your starting line is Connor McGovern or uh, ABT left guard, Connor McGovern center, uh, Tipman right guard with Unwenu at right tackle and, you know, uh, Fashanu at left tackle. If it allows you to splurge elsewhere, okay, then I'm with it. But if you have Connor McGovern and George Fant as two of your starting offensive linemen, okay, then I'm gonna get pissed. You know, if if he's your weakest link in your offensive line, I think that's a good weakest link. Billy Turner, no. Kenny Boa couldn't give two shits less. Ashton Davis, yes. Thomas Morstead, uh, yes, definitely. Simeon, no, no. Gidry, I'd actually bring back. Hanson, no. Nine, no. Bryce Hall, yes. Newman Johnson, no. Zach Coons, I couldn't care less about. So there's a, there's a couple of ones that I'm like more indifferent there. Like Bryce Hall, I prefer it. I think he's a guy who is a good who's a good depth player for sure. When he's asked to play, he's actually pretty solid. Gadry got injured, but I think he's actually a decent depth um, slot guy. Thomas Ward said unequivocal, yes, please, please sign him. Ashton Davis, a little bit indifferent, but yes, for sure. McGovern, again, a little bit more indifferent, but yes, for sure. Uh, Hardy, same thing. Lukewarm, yes. Thomas, lukewarm, yes. Zerline, absolutely. Quentin Jefferson, absolutely. Huff, absolutely. Chark, uh, or Chuck Clark, absolutely. So there you go. Let's see. Actually, let's see. Um, while we're here, why not just look up some other free? I'm going to look up some free agents at some positions that we don't necessarily talk about a ton. So uh, can we just do, is there a way to do all here? I'm sure there is, right? Or no. Can you like cancel out team? Tracker position. Okay, hold on. Let me just go back to this. I'm going to st- hold on. Um, 2024 NFL free agents. I'm going to look at some other guys who are available at some positions again that we're not necessarily talking about. Um, and then let me go back to the spot track, free agent tracker, studio, share my screen back, preset, uh, window, Chrome tab. Okay, share. All right. Um, some of the positions that we're not talking about that I want to look at a little bit. Running back, I think we did this a couple of weeks ago. Again, we kind of know who's that receiver. We know who's that interior offensive line. We know who's that um, offensive tackle. But some of the running backs, I, we, I I really haven't looked at so much. Henry, going to be outpriced. Jacobs, outpriced. Tony Pollard, outpriced. Barkley, cool story, outpriced. Eckler, older, concerning signs, outpriced. Patterson, eh. Gus Edwards, I don't think it's a bad option. Um, Singletary, Probably outpriced. He had a pro- he had a pretty good year with um with Houston, but he would be like the upper tier of backups. I would see as like a realistic option for the Jets. So I would say sure to or, or definite yes to Singletary. 
Um, DeAndre Swift. Okay, I think he's a he's a he's a solid he's a solid player. I would take a flyer on him. Um, who else we got in here? J.K. Dobbins. A lot of injuries, but when he's healthy, pretty good. At least to to, to my to my very little knowledge. Transparently, uh, Cream Hunt. Sign me up. I don't know how he performed with Cleveland this year necessarily, but the years prior, sign me up. Uh, AJ Dillon. I think that the whole Packers thing might get a little bit overblown if they do sign him. I think he's actually a decent back. Um, who's the, the exact like compliment you want to 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 Brees in terms of like a power back? We need that. Um, so I would take him. Gibson, a little bit more of like a scat guy. I could see that. Zach Moss is a good one. So I think I think there's some. I would like even Zonovan Knight back. Like Zonovan Knight as our running back four, I would take. But some of the names I would highlight that I would legitimately like: Zach Moss, um, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, Dobbins, Swift. Singletary, I think are some good names to to keep an eye out on for running back because I, again, I don't think they have their guy. Um, another need that I think is a little bit underrated. Again, we talked about receiver a lot. Tight end. Could they sign a guy? Again, I'm not talking about one of the guys at the top. Who are at the top? I know Schultz is a free agent this year. Are we talking about Hunter Henry, Schultz, Garrett Everett, Mike Gesicki, Noah Fant, Hooper? No, not one of those guys. But I I think having another guy may be. I think the Jets are considering. Tunyon, do I have to say the reasons why? I don't think Tunyon would be a bad option at all. Bringing Tunyon, re- reunite him with Rodgers as, as your as your tight end too, and then your re- and your tight ends are um, Conklin, Tunyon, Rucker. Okay, sign me up for that. I'll take that. Irv Smith's a guy who I liked a little bit out of the draft, but he hasn't really produced. I think that's not not a bad guy to take a shot on. Um, is there anybody else who I recognize in here? Like I would want who stick out. Uh not really a ton. Not really a ton, but it's something. Uh, it's something that I don't think that should uh, should we slip your mind. I, I think the Jets bring in a Tunyon, an Irv Smith, maybe a Noah Fant, like something like that is definitely um, possible for the Jets. I'm gonna go. I was thinking about D tackle. The only problem with D tackle is just transparently, I don't really remember a lot of guys. If they're like these are guys who I want who are a little more like we, the Jets want both like Quentin Jefferson, who's a little bit more slender, and we also want a beefy guy. So I'm not I, I recognize names, but I don't recognize like styles and weight. So I don't want to oversell anybody or undersell anybody. Chris Jones, no reader, no, just for price. Stewart option. Fletcher Cox is an option. My problem with Fletcher Cox is there's a lot of issues with the locker room in Philadelphia and Fletcher Cox is one of the leaders of the room. He also had some weird comments about the Jets like oh Robert Salas said we're, we're going to we're going to hit him hit Jalen Hurts a lot or whatever and he made, he made a comment back to it was a little bit like soft. What, what exactly did he say? We're going to we're going to hit him 12 times or I, I forget exactly what that comment was, but Fletcher Cox option, Sheldon Rankin's reunion, I think is possible. Um, with the Jets, Javon Kinlaw, Wilkins isn't going to happen, obviously. Um, Linval Joseph, not sure how he produced last year at all, but a couple of years ago, decent. There's some names out there. There's some names. Shelby Harris, Quinn Jefferson, Javon Kinlaw, uh, Daquan Jones, Justin Jones, Sheldon Rankins, Cox, Grover Stewart. There's some names there to to look at as well. And the last one I want to go to is, uh, is safety. We'll just go. We'll do regular safeties because this is a this is something that the Jets legitimately have to consider. Because I think Jordan Whitehead is his contract was voided, so he is free to sign with anybody as of tomorrow. So the Jets most likely need a strong safety because Tony Adams is your free. Micah Hyde, 
that guy, sign me up for Michael Hyde. Um, Gardner Johnson, I would a little bit cautious about how his antics. Um, so Hyde, yes. Gardner Johnson, eh. Chuck Clark, sign me up. J. Ron, J. Ron Curse, sign me up. Um, Savage, Green Bay Connection, not sure how he's played, but from my understanding, at least an okay player, sign me up. Mike Edwards, vet safety for the for the Chiefs, relatively solid to to my knowledge. Sign me up again. This is a, this is a position I don't think the Jets need a stud. Like I'm not going to talk about a bunch of like mid tier vets at, at at tackle or at receiver and just say sign me up. But we're talking about how bad the Jets were at strong safety, in my opinion, last year. Replacing Jordan Whitehead, a bad player, with an average player, you're going to get a jump up from that position automatically with just that. Now take Tony Adams from year two to three, really kind of year one to two, step up. Um, Kyle Duggar, sign me the hell up for Kyle Duggar. Uh, Xavier McKinney, pretty solid year at the Giants, to my, to my knowledge. Sign me up for that. Uh, there's some names out here, man. At safety, geez. Jeremy Chin, Ryan Neal. I know it's a little bit of a hot commodity the last year. Deron Hardman. There's John Johnson. I think he sucked this year, right? But there's a lot of names at safety. I think the Jets have a, a, a pretty clear path there to bringing in somebody at least decent. So, um, I just want to do that really, really quickly. Go through some of those names. Um, I want to also, uh, I'll just go through the, I'll just go through my stuff, stuff I, wrote, I wrote down really quickly. The only other thing I wrote down, Pauline article. I don't even know what Tony Pauline said. So if you guys know, tell me. If not, I really don't care that much. The guy is a is a habitual liar. I don't give two fucks about what he says. Sorry, there's my opinion. Um, past that, the only other kind of rumors we've been hearing about this week that I want to recap before just getting into, into the rest of the chat is the uh, Brandon Ayuk rumors. Again, I'll be straightforward with this one as well. Sign me up. That dude is a good player. Again, relatively limited knowledge because it's not like I watch him all the time. And I do watch him. I think he's a good player. I think he's largely overrated. Um, I think he's really good at route running, which which is great with Aaron Rodgers. So if you could trade um, a pick for him, whatever that pick may be, um, to get a, I think he's 25, 26-year-old stud receiver at the NFL level, sign me up all day. What does it cost? You're talking about a, th- I, I think he had like 12 or 1300 yards this this season. Guy who's 25 years old entering his prime. You're talking about at least I would say a first round pick level. Um, now, is it a possibility? I don't want to get into the chart and all that. Is there? Would you guys accept a trade package of the Niners pick at 31, move down from 10 to 31? You have a bunch of analysts out there who are saying, hey, there's going to be six, seven, eight offensive tackles in this draft. Would you guys trade down? You know, and I don't know exactly what the value is of a trade down, but in general, would you guys, and I'm not going to put it in a poll, maybe I should, but would you trade down? And this might not even be enough. It might be, it might be honestly like a trade down and a third or a fourth next year or something like that. And it might, might not even be enough, but in general, the base or the, the crux of the deal is Jets get Brandon Ayuk and pick 31. The Jets trade down from 10 to, to 31. Would you guys do it? Because I would sign me up. Sign me up for that. Um, but the, the the rumors come from just the, the fact that the Niners have a ton of players on huge contracts. They don't have a lot of cap space. Um, they already have Debo on a massive contract. So can they afford Brandon Ayuk? You know, I don't know. Let's see the tr- let's see the value chart. I, I know this isn't this isn't necessarily like like you know like gospel here, but NFL draft NFL draft uh, value. Chart. Okay, let's see. Again, this is not an exact science. It's kind of more like a baseline, but the Jets are pick 
They are pick 10, which it, by draft tech's um, value chart is 1,300 points. Pick 31 is 600 points. So you are talking about a 700-point difference. So you're talking about basically the equivalent of pick 26 next year. So I think somebody in the chat said you're better off just trading next year's first. If you're saying that next year's first is like going to be worse or better than than pick 26, then okay. If you're saying it's going to be worse because the Jets are in the Super Bowl, then yeah, great. Unfortunately, we're Jets fans, so that's most, most likely not going to happen. And I understand the value kind of changes from year to year. Um, but it's about the 27th pick worth or so, or whatever I just said. Was, yeah, the 26th pick worth. So you might throw in a little bit more. You might throw in 26, or sorry, the, the, that trade down and a 2025 third or fourth round pick. And even with that being said, even with a third or fourth round pick next year, I'm doing it. That's just my opinion. I'm curious about your guys' opinions on that as well. Um, I'll keep moving down. Classic PR move for dis- dis- uh, disintegrating. Dis- disintegrating. Uh, organization attempting to, I might have compl- I think that's the first time I've ever seen or said that word. Um, attempt to explain, excuse the leadership's reckless Feckless incompetence, leaked stories about behind the scenes frustration, uh, politicians, all my politics. I, I fucking bunch of crooks, dude. All of them. Um, okay, let's see. I'm gonna keep just scrolling down in the chat. Uh, project prospect with Dom C. I'm just gonna say Dom C, right? Um, Joe, maybe you touched on it and I missed it. What are your thoughts on Tippin at guard? I think he played well there. His movement skills, I think, could be beneficial more so at guard than center. Um, yeah, it's it's. So I, I don't know. It's I'm 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 kind of 50-50. The thing I don't like about him at guard versus him at center is I think centers you're you're actually uncovered more and you can actually use your athleticism more at center because you're not typically covered as much and you have guards help. Um, with guards, just based on how schemes work, um, guards are more isoed and they're they, they typically get contact quicker. So I my only concern with him is him versus powerful. Three techs. Now, obviously, you have more of a like. You could say, okay, well, I have more of a concern with him versus powerful zero techs, who are even bigger. Gotcha. That that I completely get that. But there, there's going to be far often three techs isolated with guards more so than a nose tackle straight up on a center or even a, a one tech who doesn't have help or when he doesn't have help from a guard. Um. So I think the 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 lack of power per se at, at at center would actually like um, expand itself in a worse way at guard, just because I think he would see quicker contact there. Um, I think his I think his lateral ability and his explosion actually works better at center than it does at guard. Um, but with that being said, I, I think it's kind of a 50, 50 thing with him. Um, now the sample size was, was small with him at guard. Um, I only watched let's uh, let me escape. Let me tell you exactly how much I've watched so far. Cause it's not, it's not the entire season yet. I've watched weeks, Three, four, five, six, nine. So I think three, four. You, that was that was New England, Kansas City. Week six was the Eagles game. He only played twelve or thirteen reps at guard, and then week nine um, was a Chargers game, which was like eighty reps on offense, which was wild. That was his first game at center. So a lot of my exposure to him has been at guard um, versus center, but I don't really see a big drop off, um, at least initially. And I don't, I didn't notice a drop off last year um, from one to the other. So I think he's kind of even at both. So I think he offers you true flexibility to answer that question. Um, let's see. Um, with that in mind, would you resign McGovern? Um, I know you're asking Don there. I specifically would not necessarily saying that he, 
needs to be the starting center next year. Do I think that's the absolute worst case scenario? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's it's I, I think he's I think he's fine. I think he's fine at both. Let's see. Um missed the Santonio Holmes, Braylon Edwards, Dustin Keller days. Good times. Good times. Um, with that being said, I think that the let's say the Jets add, let's just say let's go mid-tier. Let's not let's not strike out. Let's not strike out for a home run, even though I think he kind of would be. Let's say he's a triple. So we're kind of being a little bit more on the positive side here. Let's say Calvin Ridley. It's not even Higgins or anybody like that. If your skill group is Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Tyler Conklin, give me that all day over Holmes, Braylon Edwards, and Dustin Keller. You know, um, people believe that bigger receivers are more productive in the red zone, which is true in some cases, but not a rule without exception. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's like, honestly, um, Uncle Irish or Iro, it's kind of it's, it's kind of lazy. You know, I think people just think, OK, less space, bigger guy, throw the ball up uh, 50 50 ball. But 50 50 balls aren't successful often. Like it's not I, I rather I rather take Antonio Brown on a whip route than I don't, I don't know whoever else on a fade. You know, like give me the whip route versus the fade. If the guy running the whip route's the right guy, if the if it's again bad examples, I'm not trying to compare them like historically or anything like that. But red zone, the only information you're giving me is Antonio Brown whip route, Julio Jones uh, fade. Give me the whip route. You know, um, so big guys will actually just win the red zone. So. Hit the like button, y'all. Yeah, I'm with that. I am with that. Only 37 people in here. Pretty pretty light stream, but I know there's not a lot going on, all that. So, um, okay. I think the poll results indicate that we kind of know how awesome Q is already. We'd like to know how repeatable others' performance will be. Yeah, and that's why I was a little bit interested in doing um, the Michael. Like, Michael Carter II is a stud, too, but we haven't really, like, I haven't done a review of him. I, I think he deserves his credit. Um, Quincy, I think that he is very good. Do I think that he got the – there's always a shit end of a stick and then what? There's a shit end and a dry end, I guess. I think he got the dry end of the stick in terms of some lucky breaks in coverage. That one I'm a little bit worried about um, just in terms of I think he's still a stud. I think he's a little bit more volatile still than some people realize. But that's why we do them. Carter Warren. If you were a Carter Warren person saying, I trust whoever Carter Warren is a stud, you are not going to like my review, which again, they're all on the computer right now. So if I need to put up 45 plays of him getting waxed, then I will. Um, but 70 75% easily of that review is pretty negative, pretty negative. Um, John, John uh, said, Joe, any thoughts, expectations, for Mosley in 2024, given his age and on a related note, how do you feel about our linebacker depth? <clears throat> um, I think he has to take a pay cut. Now, will he? I don't know, but I think he's going to be around just because he is one of the leaders of the locker room. Do I think he's going to be around at $21 million? No. Whether that be moving somebody around to future years or just, you know, him straight up taking a pay cut, it's just not a tangible number, um, which is just not a realistic number. I do think he should be back. Now, in terms of the depth, question marks, right? Realistically. Sherwood has had flashes in a very small sample size. Flashes in a small sample size, not enough. So I'm not necessarily giddy about it. Zaire Barnes, I like the athleticism. Um, a lot coming out of uh, wherever the hell he came out of. We did the film review of him last year. Huge question mark. 
Chaz Surratt, huge question mark. So there are a lot of questions in terms of the depth. So if the question is kind of steering towards, you know, hey, Mosley, big contract hit, can we get rid of him and start a Sherwood as a legitimate option? No, I don't I don't think I don't think so. Now, do, am I comfortable with Sherwood? It's like a three right now. Um, with the idea of him staying at three, yes. Yeah, I think that's a lot to say. I think that's all to say. Um, after retaining everyone plus signing Fant, you would have twelve million on one player wide receiver offensive line. Who are you taking? After retaining every everyone plus signing Fant, so I got one tackle. You have twelve million on one player receiver offensive line. Um, fuck, man, Tony, that's a good. I like. There's so many off questions with this, right? Like, who are the players? Are they both worth ten million dollars? To me. To me, I'm splitting the 12 and I'm giving six million to a receiver and, and six to an offensive lineman realistically. Now, I know that's not your question, but that's how I would answer that. Split the difference, six and six. I would say, so there's two There's two ways I'm thinking about this. And I'll let you know my thinking. The one way is is, is me saying that you need to solidify your, your, your offensive line. That's more important than receiver in a vacuum. The other part of me is saying that receiver... Or there's more offensive linemen in, in in the available in the draft um uh early on. So to so take the receiver, right? Did I say that right? Yeah. There's more offensive linemen available at 10 than there will be receivers. Like let's say you get to 10 and at offensive line, you have Fashana, you have Latham, you have Fuaga. Okay, we're comfortable with some of the options there. If you get to the 10th pick. And you have the offensive lineman, let's say it's Fant and the $12 million on, again, I think he's probably getting more, but let's just say a win for shits and giggles. If Odunze, if neighbors are gone, who is the next guy you're taking? That's a sketchy ball game. So just because of the availability at the top, I would say a receiver and then try to draft that tackle. Realistically, you hope it doesn't come down to that. You hope the Jets can create some more space. And just saying that $12 million, even though it's not your, 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 there was an A or B question. I'm going to draw C and say six and six. Give me Kelvin Beecham and, you know, I don't, I don't know, whoever a $6 million receiver is. Uh, not Jamal, go. I'll do IU uh, is a sure thing. The pick is not. Yeah, exactly. Freedom House. I, and I know my screen's shaking. Still have to find like, a, like an elevated desk for this. Um, people are way too attached, in my opinion, to what picks could be. Now, I get the benefit of the pick. They're younger. You know, the, the, let's say Romo Dunze versus him. Okay, Romo Dunze is, let's just say, 21 years old. I think he's 21, 22. He's 21 years old, let's say. He's four years younger. His his contract is going to be seven, eight million dollars, whatever it is, six, seven, eight million dollars instead of twenty-five million dollars a year for for Ayuk. With that being said, Romo Dunze could be Kevin White, and then we're sitting there with Kevin White. You know, like I, we just don't we just don't necessarily want that. Are there any are there any fragrant receivers that you don't want? Um, I guess we can go back 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 to spot track NFL. Uh, I can tell you one guy right off the top of my head is Odell Beckham. That is for damn sure. But in terms of like guys who I do or really don't want, again, I don't like to speak from a um I don't like to speak from places when I don't have like a really good knowledge base. Like, hey, I'm really comfortable in my opinion on this. So I don't want to say I hate this guy and then I actually really like him when I watch him. Mike Evans, yes, right? Odell Beckham, absolutely unequivocally, no, please God, do not do that. Curtis Samuel. Um, yes, Boyd. Yes. Cedric Wilson. No born born is not a bad guy. Um, now if we're talking about again, not necessarily a guy who's going to be 
somebody you write home about, but if he's like your three or your four, I think you can get away with with a um is it born or I think I think I was thinking about Jacoby Myers actually, but um so actually scratch that. Uh, DJ Shark. Okay, I guess Paris Campbell, no, Hardman, no, Barrios, no, Grant, no, Aguilar, no, Josh Reynolds. Maybe, but he had a really bad playoff game. Marquise Brown, he has a connection with Sean Jefferson. I could see that. Ridley, yes. Um, what other names are popping out to me? Claypool, absolutely not. Yeah, there's really not a lot of names here for whoever asks. I could see the Jets um, re- reigniting or reigniting a, a scandling with with Rodgers. I think he's a free agent. So, yeah, like unequivocally off the top of my head or off the top of my head with, with some very little research. Is there anybody I do not want? I would say it's 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 uh, I would say it's probably Odell. And then past that, just to give you another little nugget. And this is backed by, again, very little actual knowledge base. I think T. Higgins might be a little bit overpaid for what he actually is. I think he's a very, very good receiver, but I think he's going to get paid like a bona fide stud number one, and I don't think he's that necessarily. Transparently, with not a lot of research behind it. Um, if the Jets trade Zach, cut Uzama, cut Tomlinson, restructure every single contract, they would have around $76 million. It would destroy the future. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily go all in, right? Like you don't have to do every single thing for this year. Like at a certain point, you have to find that you have to be in that gray area and, and find like the median of both being overly extreme and too conservative. Um, but with that being said, do I think the Jets are going to create quite a few million dollars in cap space, restructuring Mosley, cutting Tomlinson? Yes, I do. I do. Um, because they have to. They have to go, they have to go for it all. I'm not saying to blow everything up, but still. Tony says, I trust your analysis on Warren. Do you, do you think he can grow into a starter in a couple of years? Um is it possible? Yes. Is he very far away from me right now? Yes. At the same time. No. Uh, Born is good too. Jacoby Myers is legit. Wide receiver two. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, John, John, I said, I kind of wanted to retract it just because I wasn't overly sure, but I'll kind of just, I guess I'll jump on the train with you here or back on the train. I was kind of already on. Um, yes. Myers was legit, like starting level receiver. Born is more of that receiver three or four. Type of type of feel for me. At least when I watch him, I think he's at least an okay receiver, a starting level guy, as like a three or a four. Or sorry, not 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 a, not a starting level guy. He's a three or a four. Like I'd rather have Kendrick Bourne on a slant route right now versus Alan Lazard. You know. So Ron says, "Hey Joe, are you guys on the four uh, four on four off schedule? Also, would you guys mind having on patrol live riding with you? Be safe." Um. No, we are not 4-4. Four, four. I wish, I wish we could be 4-4. Four, four. Um, right now we're 5-2, five, 5-3, five, um, which is actually not bad either. 5-2, five, 5-3. Five, Would I mind somebody being in my car with a camera all the time? Yes. Like I already have a camera on enough. I have a camera on when I go to all my calls. Do you want a guy in the car with me for all the other hours where I'm not necessarily occupied? Depending on the shifts on that, sometimes it's zero time being unoccupied. Sometimes it's five hours. You know, you don't necessarily know. Um, would I want a camera guy who I have no idea about in my car? Uh, fuck no, absolutely not. Um, what is the minimum you'd accept in a Zach trade? A seventh round pick? <laughs> you know, like whatever we could get. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna minimize my. Hold on, actually. 
Let me just pull that back up. I'm just going to do this really quickly, and I'm, I'm going to get out of here. I just want to show you guys. I'm just going to do a few plays just, just in case. Let's do this. Okay, hold on. I'm, there's a lot of stuff on my screen. Uh, preset, share screen, entire screen. Fuck it. And I have nothing. I don't think I've maybe I have some stuff to hide. Nothing you're going to see, though. Uh, okay. Minimize. Here we got Tipman film. Minimize. Tipman. Tipman. What play am I on right now with Tipman? Let's see what this happened. Oh, yeah. Good reach block. Good reach block. Okay, let's see Warren. Did I not save this? Why is this happening? Okay, delete, whatever. Um Carter Warren. I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put the place. I, I will eventually. 58 plays. I want to see how many plays of this. Like I'm just gonna start reading off some plays. And like how many of these are bad. Overset high, high into contact, stunt, stunt pickup. Okay, good one. Good combo. Sack allowed, overset, beat, beat. Stuck on first level, missed second level, duck head, good, good, need to anchor down, overset, high beat, high hand use, um, inside punch, all or nothing, bad second level. Like there's there's a there's a lot of bad in here. Terrible run. Let's see the terrible run. What is he? The right tackle? Let's see terrible run play. Yeah. Um, there is some bad it's right tackle. There's there's a lot of bad with Warren that I saw um take jump let's not no scheme with second level face crossed easily said beat low hands beat blown assignment effort questions can't cut off backside beat 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 <laughs> it's just it's gonna be ugly it's 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 gonna be ugly um and I'll, I'll pull up the plays at a, at a later time if you really want me to but the actual review will be I'm sure plenty of enough for people who don't like watching uh, bad football because he played bad football this year I'm sorry um yes cool i'll take any pick for zach wilson yeah warren another jd mid-round uh master class yeah again i don't know where the where the rumors of him playing well last year are coming from pff most likely because that's the extent of research carter warren pff oh look a good number oh i think he could be good next year i'm gonna base my opinion on people who don't know what they're watching sorry um so i went back and i was like fuck it i'm watching because i started to hear that talk a couple of weeks ago um so i decided like i'm going to watch him tony adams rucker tipman the guys who i have more questions about like one of the other chatters said before, I know what Q is. I know what Conklin is for the most part. Michael Carter II, Reed, Sauce, Brees, Wilson. But I was curious about the Tony Adams, Carter Warrens, Ruckerts of the world. So uh, other front offices are able to re- reliably churn out mid-round OT starters. Uh, maybe. like I, I think a few pop up every year. Do I think that... Do I think that each team does it? No. Like it, it's like, how do I want to phrase that? There's a there's a lot of hits in the mid rounds at offensive tackles, but it's not like every team does it. Like it might be 40% of the league. But because there's two, three, four, five, six guys, it seems like there's a lot. But then there's another 28 guys who or tw- or tw- you know, 20 players who aren't good. Like you might have 30 players taken in, in rounds three or four at offensive line, and like seven of them work out. But because the guy you didn't take didn't work out, or sorry, the guy you took didn't, or uh, sorry, the guy you took didn't work out, and the guy that you didn't take did work out, it almost like exemplifies um, that you could have had that other guy. Like I'm speaking in really weird terminology right now. Um, I don't think it's as much as you're saying it is, John. John. Um, 
I think that the draft in general, people overrate how many good players, good teams get. Like a lot of people will talk about, oh, Ozzie Newsom, Ozzie Newsom, Ozzie Newsom. Go back and look at some of Ozzie Newsom's picks. Some of them were terrible, you know, realistically. But is it frustrating that Joe Douglas has taken quite a few guys and none of them have worked out? Carter Warren, I didn't like the pick from the jump. I didn't. I said it. Didn't like it. Um, bad first year. Uh, Max Mitchell didn't like the pick from the jump. Just I, my problem with his with his mid round offensive lineman is, and you know it is what it is. And people are like, oh, these guys are three hundred pounds. They can kick your ass. Yes, acknowledge that. For NFL level players and mindsets, Carter Warren and Max Mitchell are soft players. I don't like soft offensive linemen. I did like one of his mid round offensive linemen, Chuck Clark, or not Chuck Clark, uh, Cam Clark who then had neck issues and never played a snap for the Jets, or at least a meaningful snap for the Jets. That's a guy who I wish could have played because I think he would work out. My issue with, again, with JD's mid-round guys is he goes with guys with soft mindsets, um, and I don't like that, which is another thing I don't necessarily love about both Fashanu, soft mindset, rarely see him finish. Also, Joe Alt, a little bit of a soft mindset. Um, you don't see him finish a ton. Guys like Fuaga, guys like Latham, they fucking finish. Uh so yeah, John, John I, I answered that really, really weirdly. I think there's there's a few, um, but I think you're maybe overestimating how much it really is. Maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Uh, tap t- uh, Top tackles are drafted in the first round. Yeah, it's such, it's such a valuable position. Uh, tackles, quarterbacks, obviously, DNs, receivers, you're starting to see really high all the time now. Uh, Warren was our best tackle last year. He will develop. Um, yeah, again, there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of proof I have that he was not very good last year. Um, yes, he could develop. Was he terrible last year? Yes. That's really it. You know, we love the jet, the, the chaos box. Um, yeah, again, I pull up a, a quite a few plays there. I don't want to play them all right now because it's 738. I'm going to bounce off in a second, but, uh, they're, they're, they're out there. Um, yeah. Okay. No more questions. Appreciate you guys jumping on hour and 40 minutes or hour and 30 minutes. And so again, not a ton to talk about. Um, I'll be back most likely next Friday at six. If I'm not, this will be the next Friday. Again, not a lot of new information coming out. Um, I will keep grinding away at the actual jet player reviews and like kind of working behind the scenes and then in preparation for free agency and, and all of that stuff. So um, I will catch you guys when I catch you guys. Adios.